You're listening to the Community Call Podcast with host Murray Raleigh Jr. on Anchor.fm. Hello, folks. This is the Community Call Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Murray Raleigh Jr. We're back for another episode of the Community Call Podcast. And I'll tell you what, folks, what an interesting week it has been already, and the week is not even over yet. And we have some great things that we're going to share with you tonight. And I'll tell you what, we've got some great topics that we want to share with everyone. And this week has been one of those weeks where we, your team members, Michael, myself, and other team members have been posting a lot in the group pages. And I'm encouraging everyone to go to the SkyShot Radio podcast group page on Facebook Asked to join. We do a lot of information sharing there. Also, we have Point of Concern. It is a community page. You can we post a ton of political stuff there, articles. Um, the, uh, Michael does a great job of posting there. We've have we've invited every one of the team members here uh, on the panelist team to uh, share articles on each of the groups, so everyone can get an idea of how we're thinking before we do a show. So this is an opportunity for you guys to kind of understand where we're going with our points of view. Tonight's topics are Trump is taking unproven medication. And, oh, boy, we had a debate before the show on in regards to what do we want to call it. Also, we're, we're talking about the continued opening of states before Memorial Day. And, boy, what a rush. Also, let's not talk about the increased spread in certain red states, Texas, and other red states that having slight increases before memori- before the Memorial Day holiday, guys. So we're going to get into that a little bit. We're also going to talk about Vice President Joe Biden, former Vice President Joe Biden, has yet to pick a president, a vice presidential candidate to be his running mate. We're we're really really want to know. From the guys, what do you think? Who would be the great? Who would be a great candidate for him to be vice president? Also, we're going to talk a little bit about other political stories that are happening across America and the world. Uh, there's a bunch, ton, tons and tons of things that are going on in America right now. But what we want to do, everyone, is share with you our um, our weekly coronavirus update that we we try to bring this information to you guys so you can understand exactly how many how many this how many that and so you can kind of have an understanding of what's going on with the coronavirus we we've uh we we are we were told that a projection would reach a hundred thousand by june 1st folks we on track i just want to let you know we are on track to reach a hundred thousand um, and I am I am definitely afraid that we're gonna we're gonna eclipse this number. Um, far as new cases, twenty thousand two hundred and sixty. Total cases, one million five hundred and twenty-eight thousand five hundred and sixty-eight is the number for the United States. Let's jump over here and find out where we are globally. New cases, ninety-five thousand two hundred and sixty-seven. Four million eight hundred and ninety six. Thirty one is the number thousand. So that's where we are right now. Far as news wise, everyone, World Health Organization reports most COVID-19 
cases in the last 24 last 24 hours with 106,000 Ford is temporarily closing two plants that resume production on Monday after three workers tested positive for COVID-19 oh boy oh boy also Greece will reopen to tourists in on June the 15th and gradually Resume international flights on January 1st. These are our headlines of, from the Coronavirus Center, everyone. You can find this information on Facebook. They have been doing a great job of posting this information up there. Everyone, if you haven't had an opportunity, please visit the CDC website. They share tons and tons of information, especially for your health and welfare. I would encourage everyone to stop by the CDC website and check those things out as well. Also, we want to encourage you to continue to follow all the safety protocols that have been asked of us by our state and local and federal governments. Everyone, please, if you don't feel good, don't go out. If you got issues, don't go out. If you think you got issues, don't go out. If it even dawns in your mind, don't go out, okay? Just make sure you're taking care of yourself and, and, and be conscious of the fact that you can control your situation. And if, if anything else is going on with you, you could always reach out to all the help centers that are out there. The first one that's coming to my mind right now is the National Suicide Hotline. If you've got issues with that, please reach out to the National Suicide Hotline. They have tons and tons of tons of information that will help you through these situations especially at this time right here. I know being sheltered in place is taking a toll on a lot of people at this moment. The anxiety levels are very high, and we should we should be very concerned with that. Uh, we have the team members in with us tonight, um, 2017 uh, panelists of the year and 2019 panelists of the year. Joining me tonight, Eshan and Michael, we're going to bring these guys in right now. Hello, Sean. Salutations, um, Murray. All right, glad to have you with us. Michael, glad to have you back, my friend. Hi, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you really good. How you doing, sir? I'm doing okay. And um, just to clarify to our very dear audience, um, number one, thank you for the kudos and the um, acolytes. And I'm you sure each one... Um, appreciates it as well. But just to clarify, I'm the 2017 and Ishan is the 2019. That's right, 2017 and 2019 winners. Glad to have you guys on board tonight. Guys, what are your thoughts about you know, the the coronavirus update? How do you feel about things? We got we're nearing some we're nearing some astounding numbers. How do you feel, Michael? How do you feel about things? You you in the heart of what the pandemic is all about, New York City. New York State, explain things to the audience. Let them know how you guys are doing in New York City at this moment. Well, as we had stated, as I have stated in prior um, podcasts, we are the state that was the hardest hit with this um, coronavirus pandemic. We are the state that had the most cases and unfortunately the most deaths. Um, as, this, as of this um discussion right now as we speak, about 75% of the state has reopened and 
remain cautiously optimistic that our numbers have gone down when it comes to the case numbers, hospitalizations, treatments, and so forth, as we've had a lot of people recover from the COVID-19, but sadly, we've also had people that have died from the COVID-19. The numbers have dropped, but then have been tweaking a little up and down, fluctuating. And of course, you know, as Governor Cuomo said, we want to get those numbers down even further. It's still in the triple digits. Um, as of earlier today, he said it was about 112 deaths that have been recorded as of, I think, yesterday's date or the day before. I am not sure. But here's a major difference, and I need for everyone to um, take note of this and what makes the difference between the great leadership of Governor Andrew Cuomo and much of the Democratic governors and the unethical leadership of one Donald J. Trump and his henchmen, Republican governors, except for, for, of course, the Ohio governor who is Republican. Got to give him credit. Got to give him props for really putting people over profits as opposed to the majority of Republicans that want to put profits over people. And what we've noticed, ladies and gentlemen, Mm -hmm. is that when you look at the Midwest, as Murray has pointed out, the numbers are spiking up. I mean, way up when there has been not much testing going on, a rush to reopen, the people repeating the falsehood, the initial falsehood of Trump saying it's a hoax, it's a hoax, it's a hoax. And those that have said that it's a hoax, they have become infected with the COVID-19. We had some of them that didn't believe it at first, and they can't go back to retract it because they died. So some people, unfortunately, learning the hard way, and some that have not learned, they wound up perishing. But do you think that would change anybody's course of behavior? Maybe for some, but not for all. And I'm just so upset that there are some people who persist are following Trump's tweets, rhetoric, and word of mouth so blindly without thinking first, without stopping the question. They have elevated him like to be some kind of false god, and it is costing people dearly. Fortune-wise, your livelihoods, your very own lives, and then what, what are you going to do? You're going to repeat his old lie of blame Obama for this, blame Obama Obama for that, and come up with this garbage of Obamagate, and that's what it is, oh, garbage. Pretty much, pretty much. And, and Sean, talk to me. How, how are you doing, my man? Because you're in Virginia there, sir. How's things happening with you? They're slowly opening up again, but people, it's starting to go back to normal. But what, from what I've heard, it's still, America still has yet. Um, it's funny how we claim that we say that we're so quick to want to get out of quarantine. We never really fully quarantined. We pretty much we're pretty much jumping back in without actually taking care of the problem. And don't be surprised mm-hmm. if things get a little bit, you know, if these things come back. I mean, there are places that are yeah. putting the bill worse. But my biggest thing though is is the aftermath that I'm seeing. 
a whole lot of people have lost their jobs, and a whole lot of people's, you know, insurance and health care was tied to the jobs that they just lost. So now we're yeah. sitting in a situation yeah. where there are, mil- there are about 15, there are millions of people who are who now have lost their job and their insurance in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Sounds like you're starting to see. Yeah. Sounds, 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 it sounds like we're at a, at a point where there's a, there's a point of no return when it comes to this. And I I just, um, from my perspective, guys, um, here in South Carolina, we are reopened to some degree, um where this is the week that we open barbershops beauty parlors uh workout facilities and so forth um that that was the last tier of openings i think the governor was going to do i think we are still under state we are still under this uh state of emergency here in the state of south carolina um a lot of uh, a lot of things are somewhat our curve is somewhat going down a little bit but we do have we do have some hot spots in the state i think um i if i would guys you could check this information out at the at the coronavirus information center on facebook and they have all 50 states listed and so if you want to you can go there and it could tell you exactly uh, what your new cases are. We only have 114 cases in our, in, in South Carolina right now, 9,000 total cases in, in South Carolina as well. So, and this was updated yesterday. And so that's pretty much where we are with it um, in, in that situation. The other thing that I think that I, I have been noticing guys is people are wearing masks um i've returned to work yes i've returned to work and uh, the first thing that i noticed when i got to work that everyone had a mask on we were all um participating in social distancing um every every piece of equipment inside um our facility has been sanitized and uh, we even have the green stickers on everything that says every area has been sanitized doorknobs uh, doors restrooms so we had we had we had a great uh, a great number of 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 uh areas that were being sanitized right now so we there was a lot of uh uh sanit sanitizing going on right now so we had a lot of sanitizing going on and that made it made a big difference uh with, with our return to work we want to get to some of the we want to get to some of our stories uh we have we have oh, several Murray? stories yes Murray, I, apo- I apologize i just remember i did not give everybody the full information regarding new york state i did say that 75 percent of the state has pretty much reopened and are remain cautiously optimistic the remaining 25% still on pause is my area, New York City, the tri-state area, which also includes mm-hmm. Westchester County, which was the first hotbed section, if you want to use that term, in New Rochelle, which is part of Westchester County. And um, it also includes Long Island as well. So the New York City um, tri-state area, um, not including the um, parts of New Jersey, though, 
um, remain on pause until perhaps around June. We're still waiting for the numbers not only to uh, continue declining, but make sure it's on that path for, like, I think he's looking for a two- to three-week stretch to make sure all is well before um, giving the green light to us. How did you feel about the governor taking a doing taking a COVID test, Michael, on live TV? I heard about that. Um, I did not get a chance to catch it because I was running errands earlier. But he is he's very inclusive, and yes, really he is. cares for the people. And he's the one he you know he talks to talk and walks to walk, and he's really set an example for everybody. This is serious stuff with. Um, talking about here and yes he keeps pounding his foot down on Trump and the Republicans in the Senate saying that this is the bad time to want to be nitpicking being partisan and want to play games with people's safety and people's livelihoods so he'll call it out exactly and he practices what he preaches so kudos to Governor Cuomo for that Yes, he's he's demonstrating a lot of strong leadership from his position, and I I am I am I am really really uh, 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 becoming a fan of his really fast. I was already a fan of Chris, um, but he's becoming a I'm, I'm becoming one of the, one of his biggest fans because he's demonstrating what true leadership is in a position such as his as a governor, uh, his care and understanding of of the people in New York not just New York City, but New York State as a whole. And that just shows to me that he's he has the capability of being a president, folks. And not just a president, he could be a great vice president too because of his leadership set. And that's something and that we could what? just... It, it just it, you're, you're not the only you know, one, Murray, that is making these observations. I have friends in California I've spoken with and they say that they're really admiring the way Como is showing how to lead, how to handle this pandemic. And I also have people in Florida that are echoing the same thing. And they all have the same common denominator conclusion, and that is why in the world can't these Republicans and other people yep. in the nation follow Como's lead, who is governor of the hardest-hit state nationwide. If anybody yeah. knows better about this stuff, it's him. Yeah, he's he's demonstrating he's he's demonstrating to to the nation the, the leadership set that we're lacking in Washington, D.C. right now. Speaking of that, we're going to jump right into the, we're going to jump right into the, to our topic, everyone, and that's the president. He took He's been taking this unproven medication, and we posted this. We posted this. <laughs> we posted this on our page, and the folks, everybody was responding in to some degree. I asked a question, and guys, the question was, "Why is Donald Trump taking an unproven medication?" And and I said, "This is a podcast question." Nine comments came from this. Most folks said it's he's not, it's BS. Uh, Marilyn said it's all about the money. And I asked her why, and she said, why money? And then she came back and said, he has investments, okay? 
Angela, who's who's our pseudo follower of the podcast, and she said he's not taking it. He's not taking it. He's likely trying to amp up sales since his family has financial interests. A lot of folks are saying that. Michael said, Angela, if, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, this my is Angela, Angela Johnson. She said, if I, oh. well, this is what you said, Michael. You said, if I may answer the question with a question, what proof is there that Trump is actually taking such meds that could be another false yet manipulative statement at, on his part? Yeah, that's what you said, Michael. So, folks, we had a mm -hmm. great time watch, list, listening to everybody. Check out this, this, this post. It was an interesting post. Um, I have some other ones that came through. It said, I would believe him by anything he said. That's fake news, too, which was a joke. Um, <laughs> Joanna Maria, she says, you know, she was she was she came back and she said some things in reference to that. He isn't he he was not taking anything. And Tisha Salters, uh, uh, Tisha McSwain, why is Trump promoting this unproven medication followed the money. The New York Times, the Daily Beast reported on April 7th. And she left a link, folks. And you guys need to check this link out. Go to the New York Times or the Daily Beast and find out why the president is taking this unproven medication. Uh, guys, how do you feel about this? Michael, you you were a participant uh, in yeah. this post. Talk to me. Talk to me. We know the guy is a habitual liar, okay? Um, he's really pushing for this drug to come forth. He's fantasizing that, oh, everybody, I say it's good, so everybody should just take it so then we can all get back to normal, open up the economy, blah, 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 blah. And we all know that he is hurting financially, although he really shouldn't have any kind of concerns or a conflict of interest since he's supposed to be president, but he doesn't give a rat's rump about the rule of law or the Constitution. He wants to keep making money while trying to sit in the White House using and abusing his title and position as president to just pretty much continue being a businessman for himself. So what happens is as long as the stock markets keep going down, 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 down. And as long as things remain closed, which includes any of his hotels, his landmarks, his golf courses, he doesn't make money. So that's why right. he is such in a rush to open back up, even if it means lying and manipulating to the people. Now, the thing is with this, drug, this unproven drug, we need to remind everybody that this same unproven drug, which Trump spoke on a few months ago to begin with, mm -hmm. um, two people, an elderly couple who were staunch Trump supporters and Trump followers, somehow got a hold of this unproven drug. They reportedly took it. And then now, unfortunately, have gone be before us. They are dead. A wife dying um, first, and then the husband passing on the following week. So why in the world Trump is back on this is beyond me. But 
I would challenge, I would challenge this and ask if they can have an independent doctor look at these pills to verify if this is the unproven drug, and if so, see if Trump will be willing on live national coast-to-coast television take these same so-called meds in front of everyone to see so we know no. whether or not he's been really no, taking it. We don't want the president to do that. No, 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 no. No, no. No, I, no, I, I, Michael, no. I know you. Right, no, no. John, 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 thank you. John, what do you feel about the president taking this this unproven medication? It's a, all I got to say is it's one heck of an act. The, guy, the guy's biggest, I mean, let's, let's play it from Trump's mind. He has an election to win. I mean, so what? There's a plague going on and people are dying. The most important thing to Trump is his election. And what is the one thing that he's been waving as his greatest success? The economy. The economy is tanking right now because of COVID. He has nothing really to talk about. And all the failings of, of the American system are being brought out by this pandemic. What is, he, he wants everything to get back to normal so he can continue to gloat and, you know, protect his cash cap, his golden calf, which is the economy. I mean, so for him, he might not even be taking it. It might, be, might, might even be no different. Than, it, might be, it might even be placebo. But the biggest thing, again, so long as people start coming out, that's what he wants. I mean, having... He's been even referring to people as, you know, be, you know, take risks like the soldiers do. It's funny. Wow. Wow. It's wow. Funny. wow. But it, this thing, though, in the cases of war, who normally, who normally has to front the bill? The working class and the poor, while the rich can sit back and talk of war. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's very interesting that, uh, that, uh, this this topic has taken a life of its own. Even Joe Biden came out and said some things, speaking publicly for the first time about the president' um, controversial announcement that he was taking this unproven medication and reacted as many Americans did with bafflement. It's like saying maybe you should inject Clorox into your blood; it may cure you. Biden said at a Yahoo town hall meeting on COVID nineteen. And and uh, food insecurity. Come on, man. What is what is what is he doing? Vice President Mike Pence, meanwhile, said he's not taking the the malaria drug, but wouldn't begrudge anyone who is. Wow. <laughs> this what is Murray? This White House is something. Well, it also says there's no proof it treats or prevents the coronavirus infection. But it can have potentially fatal side effects. Uh, wow! Go ahead, Michael. Which comment? I just uh, I don't it, know what to think. I just moment. I I just I just want to clarify. I just want to clarify that I, in no way, shape, or form, would want anybody to do themselves harm like that. I'm just pretty much calling him bluff. I really don't think he's taking that particular stuff, and it was just trying to expose the lie on him. And for we know, he could be just be taking vitamins or just breath mints for that matter and it's going to turn around and come up with a lie like that. And how egregious a lie like that is, 
that I just pointed out that there were people following his suggestion two months ago, and we have casualties. So a bunch of my own a bunch fear, of Yes. So him uttering this stuff like that, that's why the, the medical experts were so quick to jump on and say how dangerous it is for him to be making such a statement and stressing people, do not do it. Do not try it. Do not follow whatever he's saying. I mean, they have to actually come on public airwaves telling people, pleading people, don't do it. Don't listen to Trump. And I'm at the point also to declare pretty much in my opinion, and maybe some legal experts would say that this could be criminal. You encouraging people to take toxic but, stuff like that? Michael, Michael. Okay. Yeah. I, I would say that I just think this whole thing here with the president and this and, and this this part this part of it. Can we say criminal? No. Mental? Yes. We can say mental now. We can say mental. mental. Yes. We can say mental. Criminal? No. But mental? Yes. Because what makes a a pretty decent, healthy person take unproven medication is beside me. A lot of folks seem that too, Sean. I agree with you. But the president seems to seems to be he has a medical staff around him 24-7. Not trying to dissuade your theory, Michael, but I just want everybody to understand we're talking about the President of the United States who has a medical team around him. There may be some controversial things that he says and promotes that would lend our minds to believe that is the President actually taking unproven medication when I first saw that, I was like, oh, I know he's not. And then then that's where the question arose to you guys. Is he, could he potentially, and everybody's saying yes, no, yes, no. So this has more of a mental aspect to it. Does the president have the mental capacity to continue to talk this way and, and say what he's doing with his personal health? and tweeting about it and, and, and having everybody else follow suit. That's why we had a number of people who actually drank Clorox bleach, folks, which was awful. Oh, my Come on, God. People. Come on, people. Come on, people. You actually had people. You had you actually had some people. Take, you actually had some people taking the unproven medication as well, we're not going to announce the name. We're going to continue to call it unproven medication. Go ahead, Sean, with your comment. All I got to say is this sounds almost Jonestown Zen in the way of um, having someone having someone convince um, get a bunch of people to do things that are disadvantageous to health. I mean, pretty much. At least pretty much. At least the Kool-Aid had a flavor to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, this to is me, what bothers me. Go ahead, Michael. This is what bothers me, and and this is why. And I was very careful in my choice of words, but why I why I said to be possibly criminal. You got to consider that the guy has a following that is just listening and reading his tweets verbatim and doing whatever he suggests, whatever he says on the microphone. 
And sure enough, we have had the gun massacres. Sure enough, we've had these uh, right-wing extremists storming into the Capitol building, threatening the lives of a Michigan governor, the Michigan legislature, even police officers for that matter, and he is praising his base, his cult, from doing those particular things that can be deemed criminal, that can even be deemed terrorist. This is what's so scary about it, ladies and gentlemen, that if he has a following, even though they do not match or add up to the majority of the U.S. population, and he's telling them, liberate, liberate, grab your guns, your Second Amendment is at, under siege, and inciting such violence, inciting such destructive behavior to where these people can actually hurt themselves or have themselves killed, you've got to be concerned. You've got to be. And I keep harping on this particular case study, Arizona versus Shauna Ford who did the same thing as Trump is doing, although she didn't have a Twitter account at the time, but her rhetoric had her following go hunting down legal immigrants. They have to be people of color, and she incited the violence to um, have her Minutemen, her base, take these people out before they take you out. They're armed and dangerous. And they were not armed, they were not dangerous, and they were not illegal. But they wound up being shot dead. And those yep. particular men, her base, they were convicted of murder, but then she was convicted of murder also, first degree, in which the prosecutors successfully argued in Tucson, Arizona, that she may not have been holding the gun, but her rhetoric, her incitement pulled the trigger. Tucson, Arizona the same place where one Gabby Giffords, former U.S. representative, was nearly assassinated because of an identical rhetoric of hate and violence incited by Sarah Palin through her crosshair target map. The same Gabby Giffords, whom her husband, a former astronaut, forgive me for forgetting his name, who's running for U.S. Senate for the Arizona Yes, he is. And I'll tell you what, folks, you, you, you're hearing, you're hearing a little bit of Michael explain what happens when you have, when you have a voice of influence like this. Sean harkened back to the Jim Jones aspect of this. Uh, we're starting to see a lot of this uh, conversation come out now in reference to the president exciting these groups to come out and act out like this. And it's a part of what every, every, everything that happens with it. And I, th- I think in, 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 in some aspects, Michael, you are right. There has to be a challenge to this for, for the, for the m- mental stability of the president, I think. And so these are some things that Joe Biden raised the issue with. Several other people of influence are raising issues with this. And that says a lot to me. Also, we want to continue on with our topics, guys. We want to talk about the continuing opening of states right before the Memorial holiday. Let's talk about Michigan. We are talking about Michigan. Yeah, Michigan is in the headlines, guys. They just had a thousand people, a thousands have evacuated Michigan after a dam has breached. Um, rapidly rising waters uh, overtook a dam and forced the evacuation of about 10,000 people from central Michigan, where the governor said one downtown could be under 
approximately nine feet of water by Wednesday. Uh, for the second time in less than 24 hours, family living along uh, the river are concerned, uh, are connected to lakes in, Midland, in Midland County, and they were ordered to leave home. The National Weather Service has urged everyone near the river to seek higher ground following the catastrophic dam failures. Less more, the coronavirus outbreak. My heart goes out to these folks. This is one aspect of what's happening across the country, guys. Um, another situation, you had a Catholic school that was slammed by the virus and may not open at, at, at least 100 Catholic schools across the country are expected to not to reopen. Uh, in the fall, there simply isn't enough money. Kathy Mears, interim president and CEO of the National Catholic Education Association, told uh, the news families who have lost jobs are unenrolling uh, un their students for fear they won't be able to afford tuition. Schools have had to cancel spring fundraisers that help keep institutions afloat. And without in-person services, churches and offertory collections, which typically provides a major source of education and funding, uh, has taken a large hit. These are some things that are continuing to happen across the country because of the COVID-19, everyone. And so we just want to share these stories with you so you can kind of get a feel for what's what's going on. Guys, how do you feel about the situation that, that we're, we're kind of approaching uh, these these soft the, the openings are no longer soft openings. They're they're becoming even more openings. Sean, talk to me. How you feel? Virginia's starting to open up a little more too. It's getting we ain't but a, a week or two. We are a couple of weeks away from Memorial Day. A lot of folks hit the hit the beaches on Memorial Day weekend. I know they do that here in South Carolina. How how about you guys? Uh, I'm gonna be cautious and wait. Because, again, didn't we have a situation where a bunch of people who, in, who yes. willingly um, – I hate to use a movie reference again, but this reminds me of that scene from Jaws where everyone was so willing to start everything up due to the festival, and everyone yeah. – and a lot of people became shark chow over it. So, That's right. Again, so I'm going to wait till there – at least, A, there are no sharks in the water, or B, until, you know, the first cases get picked up. I got you. I got you, Michael. I heard the governor is going to open up some beaches, not a whole lot, not directly in the city, but maybe in suburbia of New York. Talk to me. That's right. And pretty much in Long Island, Nassau County and Suffolk County, they are reopening the beaches. He gave the um, the county executives and mayors of um, those within those counties to go ahead and um, reopen the beaches in time for Memorial Day. What is of dispute right now is that Nassau County executives and Suffolk County executives took it upon themselves to have the beaches open only to residents within those respective counties. They did not want people from the five boroughs of New York City trekking out there so they can have some beach time on Memorial Day weekend because the New York City mayor, Bill de Blasio, is not reopening beaches um, for the Memorial Day weekend because of the fact that we've, we have not reached that point yet of getting fully um, reopened and returning things back to normal in terms of recreation 
and the beaches are a big concern. We do have some beaches here in New York City. We have an Orchard Beach in um, in the Bronx. We also have um, Coney Island Beach in Coney Island, Brooklyn, and um, I forgot what a few of the other beaches that might be in New York City itself. But Nassau and Suffolk County executives don't want um, new people from New York City trekking um, over there to um, to how should, what's the word I'm looking for to overcrowd the beaches and then shut out the Nassau residents and the Suffolk residents from getting in as well. The only mm-hmm. beaches in Nassau County and Suffolk County in which the executives have no say over are the state-owned beaches, such as Jones Beach, that is in Nassau County. That's probably the one beach in which new people from New York City can trek over to and um, be able to um, have beach time as long as they practice the social distancing, people have masks on, and so forth and so on. But um, the Nassau County executives cannot stop um, New York City um, residents from going into Jones Beach because they have no say over a state-owned beach. The other um, local beaches, they can control, and they say they'll be checking people's IDs to um, look at their residents on the IDs and make sure they are Nassau County residents and nowhere else. Right, right. Well, folks, we're you're hearing you're hearing you're hearing our our opinions and everything that's taking place in in our in our states that we we reside in. And Michael's given us a great example of some of the things that are going to be taking place. John is talking about the old school the old school Jaws movie where everybody was on the beach, even though the, even though he was eating up people. So here in South Carolina, pretty much the same aspect here. The beaches will be open. People will be flocking to the beaches during the Memorial Day holiday and other areas where people love to congregate, especially at the lakes and pavilions and places like that, where social distancing will be a thing of the past in in certain areas. And I'm just concerned with the fact that we may have another outbreak take place in these specific areas where people are going to frequent over the holiday weekend and something that everyone should be concerned with. Um, um, I know that we want to express our concerns. Everyone do what you have to do in order to preserve your health. Um, be wise. Don't get out here and go out to events and not mask yourself up. If you are going to go to the events, please take care of yourself and others by wearing a mask. And, and if you're going to stay, if you're going for a little while, it's cool to go for a little while and then like, hey, hey, I'm going to grab a burger, grab a soda. And, and 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 share a moment with everyone, and then you leave. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. What do you guys think? There's nothing wrong with grabbing a burger and saying, "Hey, hey, guys, love being here with you, but I gotta go." Great to see all of you. You you look lovely, but I'm not gonna stay. So those are some things that people can do in 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 that aspect of of enjoying the holidays, enjoying the more Memorial Day holiday. Also, we want it's to continue funny. to talk. Go ahead, Michael. Go ahead. No, I thought you were asking a question. I started to say it's funny you should mention that because there were a, there was reports of some places. I lost track of where though that they were looking to res, uh, resuming some, uh, I should say, on 
on-site dining. I'm calling it on-site because it is not wise to be dining inside and they're not looking to do that. But then there's some places that have the outdoor dining. I just yeah. mentioned um, Coney Island in Brooklyn, and the famous place around there is Nathan's. And I took part in what they celebrated their 100th anniversary a few years back when they had went back to their five-cent hot dog prices. And it was two hot dogs per person. There was a big crowd. Of course, we, didn't, we had no pandemic then. But everyone was well-behaved. Everyone enjoyed. It was a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. And where were people um, having their hot dogs? On the outside. So oh, yeah. if there are places that have outdoor dining in which people can practice social distancing and sit outside and enjoy the breeze and, and et cetera, um, that'd be, that, that's, pretty, you know, that's pretty good. It'll be a little risky if you have to keep pulling your mask on and off, on and off to take a bite. But yeah, take a bite. I can't, I, think of any other, I can't think of any other way to do it unless you're going to um, take your food back to, let's say, your car, and then you enjoy the sight there, and then you're sitting in the safety of your car, your mask down, and then you're eating while you're enjoying the sights. Of of course, one thing that I've noticed that here here we 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 have we have, the governor has given everyone the opportunity to eat inside too, but they're practicing those uh, practicing social distancing inside diners where everyone has to be uh, six feet apart from each other, and so someone decided to put these dummies in in seats, and so the, the, the dummies are occupying the dummies are occupying the chairs, so you can't go over there and sit where the couple of dummies are. You have to sit where where there's empty seating for everybody, and I just thought that was so cool that you would have a few mannequins in places where they were dressed up his and her mannequins. And you would have them dressed up sitting at tables. And so that would force you to sit at a table that would be six feet apart from these lovely, lovely dummies. I thought dummies. it was great. <laughs> yeah, someone, did someone did that. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. Well, we're going to move on with our topic, Scott. <laughs> it, it's pretty funny. Uh, you can, I'll tell it's you very what, funny. If you want to check out this story, guys, you can find that story on YouTube. Um, dummies sitting in restaurant chairs. That'll be the title if you want to check that out. Um, also, we want to continue with our top story, uh, with our with our story topics for tonight. And we want to talk about. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ask this question. We're gonna make it a yes or no question. And um, folks, you're listening to the Community Call podcast. We're on with Michael, Sean, and myself, and we're having a great time tonight, guys. This is a yes or no question. Joe Biden has yet to pick a vice presidential candidate. What do you guys think? Do you think he's going to pick one very soon? Yes or no? Michael? I think it's going to be soon. I, I can't think- pinpoint a, a time frame. But, um, you know, Joe, Joe is really um, getting down on it with this campaigning. Granted, he can't, you know, raise the money like he would. Um, would love to, given the pandemic and the people's financial situation and the unemployment. So what's his plan B right now, which is pretty good? He is going on these various um, television talk shows 
um, mm-hmm. maybe some of the Sunday talk shows, the weekday morning news shows with, with interviews. And in the interviews, he's also campaigning and saying what we need, uh, what needs to get done. And I got to tell you that his message has pretty much been identical to the messages of the liberal talk radio hosts and some of the Democratic strategists. Oh, so he's been following. So you're saying he's following our voices, huh? That sounds that sounds very interesting to me. Well, maybe our voices, and maybe some of the um, radio voices, like on SiriusXM. The whole Hmm. thing is is that everybody. uh, I can't begin to tell you, Murray. There's been a uniform chorus that the main objective is to get Donald Trump out of the White House and these Trump supporters out of Congress to get this nation back on track. We can later discuss the housekeeping issues in terms of universal health care and all these other um, smaller issues in which everyone seems to be in agreement on. We don't need to keep discussing and debating on how we're going to get there and all that. I think everybody's just saying, we just got to get there. But we can't get there as long as we have a barricades inside the White House and in Congress that persist on taking this country down just to fatten their pockets. We got okay. to put a stop to that. Okay, sounds good to me, folks. Grab a pen and a pencil if you have, if you're close by. Either one would do. Write this down because it sounds important what Michael's saying, guys. Because I think there's a little bit of judging going on right now judging the rhetoric that's coming from the liberal base judging judging some of the progressive voices that are saying we need to have a moment of unification to some degree there's some things that and i'm gonna talk to my progressive in a second uh we we, we're having we're having this discussion and i think it's a great thing to do is jot down these five things one would be who do you think would be the best person to do this job michael's talking about number two is it is it very important for us to have a a unified voice in both houses, the Senate and the House? I think we 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 that's something that's worthy of a discussion. Number three, who who can be that unifying voice, whether or not they are a a a long term liberal voice or long-term progressive voice well that's something that we need to be concerned with right now it's nancy pelosi who i think the speaker is doing a great job at what she's doing trying to maintain balance trying to get things passed through congress which that Mm -hmm. that is her job number four would be how to make sure the integrity of voting is is maintained and that it's not disrupted by some um, excuse me, that's not disrupted by Donald Trump and what he's going to try to do, and that's dissuade people from using the mailbox as a ballot box. <laughs> um, excuse me. So we want to make sure we, we do the right thing when it comes to that. Number five is make sure you have these conversations with your friends and families and loved ones and have this discussion with everyone and make sure that they understand the the other four things that we're discussing tonight. Make sure you go back and listen to this part of the podcast and understand the, the, the five things that you need to do. Let me talk to Sean for a second. Sean, talk to me. How do you feel about what the, 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 the moments of, 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 
of coming together between liberals and progressives. We are all trying to find that that sweet spot. Talk to me. How do you feel about things? I'm uneasy, but I will say one thing. I I still I still I'm gonna go, I'm gonna vote for Biden. Reason why is if I do if I am correct, aren't there several um, Supreme Court seats set up that are due to change? Mm-hmm. That's one. That's one of my main reasons I'm selecting Biden. Because again, if we could maintain some control of the Supreme Court, it won't, again, it won't matter if we take out if we have presidency and the um, Senate. If the judicial branch gets abused, but every time something comes up, they say it's unconstitutional, nothing's going to get through. So while I'm not the biggest fan of Biden, I am willing to bite my pride for the sake of, you know, setting things up. We can settle, we can settle, you know, the issues in the party 2022. Okay. Sound good to me. Sound good to me. Sounds like this, this is well thought out. It's a great response. I love it. I love it. One thing that I love about, listen, folks, we could come together. This, this is, this is a moment. It's a moment in American history where we could take these liberal and progressive voices and come together and make a great, great country. And I think we need to do that. Judge, we want to make sure Ruth Gaines, RBG is going to be around, guys, because I know it's going to be. She's got to get. She's someone's going to have to take her place. Love her, love her, to love her to death, but but it, time is coming, and let's hope we can get a Democratic president in the White House who can who's going to make the right decision and pick the right person yeah. to to replace her if that if it comes down to that. Now, go ahead, Mike. Murray. Be brief Clarence for me. Be brief Thomas. for me. Yeah, Clarence Thomas is also up in age, so that's why Eshawn was totally correct about Supreme Court justices that may be um, deciding to step down soon. So you have yep. a liberal and you have a conservative. So that's why you need that's why you need to have a a a liberal a, a liberal president who can replace these people with liberal judges. And that would be a great thing. That would bring balance back to the Supreme Court. Because right now you don't have we are imbalanced to some degree, Michael. And so but uh, I for GOP and right. Joe Biden were to have um, replaced Thomas and Ginsburg, for that matter, hypothetically speaking, for the first time in U.S. history, the balance could be centrist or slightly leaning liberal democratic instead of the GOP. I think our odds are good, guys. I really do. I think our odds are very good at this point. If if yep. we do this the right way, if we do this the right way, I think we all come out winners. Hey, folks, again, this is the Community Call Podcast. We're on with Michael and Sean tonight, and we want to thank them for being a part of the show. Hey, folks, this is the end of the show, actually, because we wanted to kind of wrap up and give you guys our thoughts on things when it, uh, political before we close out the show tonight. We want to thank the guys for being a part of the show tonight. We want to also encourage you to follow us, like us, on on anchor.fm that's where you can find the the community call podcast you can also find us on itunes you can find us on speaker you can find us on all the other top podcast platforms we we are even on spotify wow we're on we're on spotify you can find us there as well please like comment wherever you want to do 
with the podcast. You can find us there. Also, please visit our group pages, Point of Concern on Facebook and also Skyshot Radio Podcast on Facebook as well. Whatever you do, stay together, stay in love. Peace. Au revoir. Thank you for listening to the Community Call Podcast with host Murray Raleigh Jr. Join us next time for another rousing episode right here on anchor.fm.